0: Hello and welcome to Simply Learning Tuition's podcast where we discuss all things education. I'm Kitty McQuerta, an education consultant, and today I'm going to be talking to Jenny McKay, who is headmistress at Hawksdown House School. She has been headmistress since 2017 and has seen the school go from strength to strength with her passion for best education. She has created a truly wonderful and quite unique community atmosphere where the parents are welcomed in on their children's educational journey. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us today, Jenny. If you could just start by just telling us a little bit about Hawksdown House and the Walnut Tree, please.
1: Oh, well, Hawksdown House is a school that's been around for about, well, over 20 years now. The Walnut Tree Nursery has been around for just two years. We're just about to finish our second year. We, When we started back in 2001, we were a boys' school, that taught children from the age of three to eight. But when I started, um, it was very clear that a lot of families were looking for a school where both boys and girls could go, and also that children from two could join. A lot of families felt that actually, by the time they were thinking of nurseries, they were ready at two to be in an environment where they could have their social skills met, but start the learning journey with peers at their own age. So we opened up our walnut tree nursery in the summer of 2019, um, and we've been full since then. So we now um, not only offer education from two, but we also offer education for girls and boys for children who want to stay through to the age of 11. What is the general numbers of people
0: that go from the walnut tree onto the main school?
1: All of them at the moment. So we take up to 12 in the walnut tree. And they will all move through to nursery um, and the most we take, there will be 16 and those children then follow through to our uh, reception class.
0: Brilliant. And what class sizes from reception up?
1: The average class size would probably be between 12 and 15. It depends on different years. The most we would ever take in one class would be 20 from reception onwards. And that would be in the early years with a ratio of 1 to 8 or 1 to 13, depending on how old the children are.
0: Do you have a house system in school, or what's your general um, pastoral system?
1: Yes, we do have a house system, so the children, when they join even the walnut tree, will be assigned to either the falcons, kites, or the owls, the red, yellow, green house. Um, and they will stay in those houses all the way through their schooling, and they'll be in the same houses as any siblings that might be there. Now, we have a very robust pastoral care system in the school that comes into the PSED, personal, social, and emotional development that we have in our early years our relations education and PSHE classes that we have throughout the school. So we have worked with a team of clinical psychologists called the Raising Resilience Team for the last four years who've come into school to lead workshops with the children from year one up on developing emotional literacy, giving them strategies and actions for when they are struggling or just need to find the words to express how they're feeling. And we also have a range of sort of masterclasses for parents so that whatever we do in class has also been supported. at home. We have a lot of events throughout the, the school year. We have all-in fun days, and that's a, an opportunity for the children to get together in the houses across the years to do special arts and crafts activities, mental challenges, but to work together as a team. And that really shows the older children uh, and the younger children, it shows us how they can really get on with each other um, and we see that sort of pastoral care and evidence there.
0: Excellent. And I hear a lot about Hawksdown House having created this very unique community between the parents, the children and the school. And I know that you run parent masterclasses, so I would love to hear more about this and how you've created that positive atmosphere and community feeling.
1: Yes, well, I think it, it, I mean, when it starts right at the beginning on a, a parent's journey through education, Um, And we know that when parents are looking for a school or a nursery school for their children, they're really looking for somewhere where they can have a bit of a window into what's going on in class. Children are not necessarily always very adept at explaining what they've done in the day when they go home. So we want to have that home school. Bond to be really strong so there are various opportunities for parents throughout the, the school year to come in aside of our normal sort of parent teacher meetings we have share a story mornings once every half term so a parent can come in and uh, read a story or share a love of reading with their class and um, we have parents who volunteer to do workshops whether it's to do with chinese new year or other sort of religious festivals that might be important we had our stem week um, recently and we had parents leading origami workshops so we try and utilize our parents skill set we have also parent volunteers with our form reps with our thrift shop where we sort of sell lightly used green uniform and help organize our christmas family evening so parents can be very involved um, or they can do what they can when they can but it's important for us to be able to sort of welcome parents in. If it's for a class assembly, they can come and watch not just their classes, but any other class as well. I think it's really important that we have that close bond um, and we do everything that we can to nurture it.
0: I think that is just so wonderful, the way that parents are able to get involved in their child's educational journey and to really be involved in everything that the school offers. I'd also love to hear about some of the different clubs that you run. And are these before school, during school or after school?
1: Well, it depends. As the children sort of move towards seven plus and eight plus, we might have a few morning clubs. I run a a book club um, and that's where we really sort of get to grips with it, with the text and to sort of analyse author's intention and, and vocabulary. But then the majority of them are after school. So clubs run for what we call the Little Hawks, which are the earliest to year one and then big hawks year two and above because they have a different finishing time. We have things like Brain Benders and Logic Puzzle Club, which is sort of critical thinking skills to so really get them to think outside the box and broaden and apply their thinking to, might be maths or just sort of lateral thinking skills. Um, the children love that. There's a mixture of the concrete and abstract uh, there. Um, and then we have chess. We have, now we're in the lucky position that chess is actually a curriculum subject from year two so all children are taught by chess specialists but they continue that at the end of the school day as well so if that's something that's really interesting to them Um, and then also coding now our children love love coding so we um take them through that and have opportunities where they learn how to program
0: i also heard i don't know if it's true but i have heard that you have judo on the curriculum is this true
1: that is true yes judo we've been um working with the Uh, Well, our judo teacher, Judo Joe, has been with us since the school started, Um, and our children, all children, uh, do judo from year one, and so they are with us for several years and their skills do improve. They work through their belts and we are linked with the British Judo Association, so they do particularly well in that. We also um, introduce fencing into the curriculum from year three, so the children have um, sort of other sporting disciplines outside of their uh, scheduled game sessions.
0: That is super, super cool. Do you have sporting facilities near you? I know you're a London school, so you're probably a little bit limited for space. But if you could tell me um, a little bit about the facilities that you have, sport or other facilities like libraries or science labs.
1: We are lucky in that we were actually in a school that was built in 1845. So it was built with children in mind. So the proportions of the classroom are conducive to learning and little people. Um, We have a very large assembly hall and that's used for indoor PE. But quite rightly, yes, we are limited in outside space, so we make use of Kensington Gardens and Holland Park for their game sessions. We take the coach there, um, but, which is also why we do things like judo and fencing as well into the curriculum and uh, forest school. So we utilize our local area um, really quite heavily. And I think we are lucky in that we are in such a, a fantastic area where there's so much on our doorstep. Um, and the children have extended play times outside. Um, as well as a whole afternoon spent in the park as part of their physical development if they are in the early years.
0: I know that Hawksdown House is a great example of a school that offers lots of wonderful things as part of the curriculum. So fencing, chess are great examples of that. Do you do this because you feel there's always a lot of pressure from an early age, particularly... Um, in London schools for that 11 plus exam and do you think it's really important that we let the children flourish and and explore different things not just focus always on that academics?
1: I mean we have a very holistic approach to education I think the children they we want them to really have that love of learning Um, I mean joy of learning is the first of our values that we promote in school Um, and I think having a broad in terms of your subjects is really important. Yes, there is the focus on the core subjects such as maths, English, science. They may well be timetabled in the morning, but just as important with children of primary age is that opportunity to learn a language, to have the creative arts there, to be able to explore and express themselves in different ways. So as you said, yes, we bring in chess and judo and fencing and those other elements of the creative arts. But we also have many events throughout the the year where we are bringing or raising the profile of certain subjects. So we had our STEM week recently. And an example of that, there will be problem-solving workshops for all years. We had a science fair where all children were contributing and explaining and showing and reasoning um, their their experiments. Um, We bring in a lot of of workshops. We recently had Knightsbridge Ballet and uh, Drama for All and... So I think at this young age, children just have a thirst for education, a thirst for learning, and we want to harness that and to really make sure they're motivated and inspired, so that they have that can-do approach, not just to the core subjects but everything. And that interest fuels their learning, in my mind. Yes, I agree with
0: you. So in terms of where the children go on to school after Hawksdown House, do you have open conversations with parents? Do you look at that child as an individual and help them in their decision making of where you think they might be suited as, as their next school on their education journey?
1: completely i mean every child is looked at from an individual point of view because no child is the same as another so i do run seven plus and eight plus and i will eventually run 11 plus workshops for parents so they have uh, an overview of the schools in london and outside in the home counties that might be suitable then we have a look and i have one-to-one meetings with the parents so we will look at any uh, data that we have to compare against average Um, we look at the learning journey in class and I also look at what might be the right environment emotionally as well as academically for them and then I will I will never sort of give a parent or say they should do this school if they've got two offers say which one they should go to ultimately the decision is with the parents but I will uh, give my view on what I think might be the right type of schools or the ones that they should be looking at.
0: Do you have a limit on how many children you let apply to one school within the cohort, or could you have all of the children, for example, applying to one school, or do you try and spread this out between different schools?
1: No, I think every child should have the right uh, to apply to whichever school they want to, um, uh, as long as I think that there's a you know a good chance that they will move through the process if I think they are going for a school that ultimately is not right for them or they won't be successful, then I would try and point them towards schools that may be better options for them. But I, I won't set any limits on that. Okay.
0: Do you have any particular things in place for stretching the most able or supporting those with learning difficulties or or not up yes, to the standard they should be?
1: Absolutely. So we're lucky that we, we do have very capable, able children and so There is a a distinct, a discrete programme for those that runs alongside the curriculum. There is also differentiation. So that's something that we do particularly well in our classes. So that we do stretch. And I think the fact that our children go on to schools such as St. Paul's and Westminster and King's is a testament to our ability to move them on at a sustainable rate and to sort of get them into those what i call sort of tier one schools but at the same time we are a mixability school so we do have children who might need a bit of a boost to have some of their learning scaffolded and supported and we have a dedicated senco teacher who is four days with us and she is not attached to a class so she has oversight over children who might need a bit of a boost um also children who may be new to learning English and they're picking that up so that may be for us sort of our younger children. Applying
0: to London schools is extremely competitive and lots of children seem to do very well in the entrance exams so there's this pressure around that child having to do a lot more so music, sport, extracurricular things. Do you think you really have to offer that because it's that competitive at the moment you have to have more than just those exam results?
1: I think you might see more of that at 11 plus rather than 7 plus and 8 plus, to be honest. But I think whatever they do, I think as long as the child enjoys it and they they don't turn up at the interviews with the weight of the world upon their shoulders, that's key. So if the children enjoy it and they get a, a buzz and they are motivated and energised by it, then absolutely you know, fantastic. But if they're having to go through something and they're unwilling, and they're not enjoying it, then I think focus on the things that they do enjoy. And I think having fewer but more enjoyable activities is better than having a a complete spread.
0: I agree with you completely. I think the enjoyment factor is so key, because I was really lucky when I was growing up. My parents would run me around to lots of different sporting activities, but the ones that I really performed the best in were the ones that I enjoyed, so I really agree with that point. Do you have any wonderful rituals or traditions at Hawksdown House that you'd like to tell me about?
1: Uh, oh, quite a few. I think the one that immediately springs to mind is, um, I think I touched on this a bit earlier, but they all in fun days. So these are mufti days that we have um, on the final day before a half term holiday. And the children will dress in their house colours, so green, yellow or red. And then we'll have a whole programme of events that run throughout the day. So all the children will be get, they'll get together. So we'll have nursery children with our year three children, all undertaking a variety of challenges and tasks and activities where we are promoting that sense of unity within our houses. So that's something that we, we do particularly well. And then the children really enjoy it.
0: Just to finish, I would love to hear you sum up Hawksdown House in three words.
1: I would say nurturing, inspiring and unique.
0: Great words. Thank you so much for talking to
1: us today, Jenny. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure.
0: So that was a fantastic chat with Jenny McKay, who is headmistress at Hawksdown House. If you enjoyed this podcast, we have plenty more similar ones on our podcast channel. So check us out on Spotify or Apple Music Podcasts. Thank you.